What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the third episode of Backyard Footy, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the bgn.fm. I have my featured guest here with me, Ken Tribbett. A little background on us. We played against each other back in college. He went to Drexel. I went to George Mason. We ended up losing 3-1 at his place. He was a defensive center mid. I was a forward at the time. But it was a good game, though. Um, I'll never forget that. Fast forward to a couple years. His rookie year, my second year in Richmond, we were going against each other in set pieces. And I'm thinking, man, who is this guy competing with me and as good in the air as I am? I think we ended up tying or losing that game, but I'll never forget it just because I had an own goal at your place. But uh, and then a couple years later, he's on the, on the Philadelphia Union. I just signed with the Steel, and he was one of the few guys that actually gave me a helping hand. I mean, I'll never forget going to YSC, and I was like, what's up, Ken? What's up? How's everything? We knew each other because of previous years. You told me how things went down, and I really appreciate it because I kind of wanted to emulate your career, how you signed with the Steel, how you want you went into preseason, and how you signed and stuff like that. So I'll never forget that. And then we ended up playing with each other last year for the Steel, mostly going on an eight-game unbeaten streak as well. And that was fun going from 12th place. I think we shot up to, like, fourth at the time, too. So, yeah, we were just killing it. You were a defensive mid at the time, too. I was center back, and we were just, yeah, killing everybody. His determination and passion for the game and leadership is something that we can all learn from. So without further ado, I welcome Ken Tribbett. What's up, Ken? How's everything? Thank you, Hello? You still hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, good. What an intro. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. But, yeah, man, I mean, just uh, a little bit about my career, my path. I mean, I've been blessed to be able to play with you and a number of other of other players that I've had the, I mean, so many people I've played with that I respect, that are good players that are just good people in the end. So I would say you're definitely one of them. I appreciate that. So it's been great being able to play with you for this deal and a little bit about my my path to the pros. It's not not a usual one, I guess. A lot of people would think, okay, you're a top player, you're in a national camp when you're young, mm -hmm. you go, you get seen, you go to a top college program, mm -hmm. you go, you get drafted to an MLS team, and you're good. Right. Like that's, that's the path that people think of right when you go pro like that's what you dream of when you're growing up you want to be on the national team you want to get a good college you want to play you want to win a title and get drafted and be in the mls mm -hmm. so that's what i was thinking i mean growing up i was like okay i have teammates on the national team he's no better than i am right. i can be there mm -hmm. and that's that's another side note it's weird to think of all the players you play with growing up bro so who, many who makes it who makes it and who doesn't i can tell you about four kids that I played with in my youth career that were on the national team, they're done. Yep, yep, same here. I mean, I'm sure you can yep. name them. It's crazy, bro. <clears throat> and then some of the kids you play with, either PDL, college, and you're like, okay, this kid is, he's nothing. He turn, he somehow gets a contract with a team, <laughs> an injury happens, yep. something, and then he starts, yep. goes to another team, and then just balls out. That's all he needs. Funny who makes it. Mm-hmm. It's funny who makes it and who doesn't. So that's why my big thing, my belief, my whole time through I was playing, if you believe in yourself, if you believe you can do it, I believe 
yeah. you can make. So I'm not the most talented guy in the world. I'm not the fastest, the strongest. Technically, I'm not the best. I'm very good in all those aspects, but the biggest thing for me was my belief. Right. I believed in myself. I knew I could make it. When people told me no, I just said, okay, thank you very much for the opportunity, and I'll go on to the next one. Right. So in my youth career, I was a scrawny kid. <laughs> Didn't really do too much to impress a lot of coaches recruited for college. So going into my senior year of high school, I had nothing. Nobody was interested in me. Oh, really? Wow. No one wanted to give me a scholarship. No one wanted to give me a walk-on opportunity. So I was like, you know what? I was a young player, so I was thinking of staying home in Colorado and doing a community college, taking a couple classes. Because <laughs> I was young, yeah. I could play academy for another year. So I was like, okay, it's not a bad plan. I'll hit the gym. I'll get a little bigger. Right. Maybe, maybe someone will give me a chance. And then uh, out of nowhere, winter showcase happened. Where is it, down in Florida? Down in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I went to that one, too. Academy. And my team at the time, it might have even been the spring showcase. doesn't matter. But my team was ranked at the time third in the country. Wow. But we had we had some great players. But once again, like I said, I had guys on my team that were like national team guys. Mm -hmm. Everyone was looking at them. So I had, there's one coach from West Virginia, his name was Brian Green, who saw me and was like, you know, this kid, I like this kid, he's good, underrated, because I'm a, like you said, as a six, a defensive midfielder, I'm a simple player. Yep. All I do is just get the ball, connect it, mm -hmm. win my headers, set pieces, and that's it. Do your job, yeah. Do my job, and I'm good. So he saw that. I mean, not many college coaches are good at recognizing talent. Amen, bro, amen. So I think he was one that recognized someone that could do the job, what would be a consummate professional and just hold down the middle. Mm -hmm. So I had a, a visit up to West Virginia, and he actually got fired. <laughs> Crazy. Don't, don't know why that happened. He was probably the best coach that I've had in college, whatever. And he actually went to Drexel as the assistant mm. coach with a guy that was from Campbell that got the new job there late. Mm -hmm. So he came in, the head coach came in, I want to say around April or May mm -hmm. of that year. He hired Brian Green from West Virginia like a couple weeks in. They had played soccer together in college, so they knew each other. And he, the head coach, asked the West Virginia guy, he said, do you know of anyone that, is good that hasn't been committed yet that we can have to this team he's like you know what i actually have one guy so the head coach without even seeing me play wow. anything gave me gave me a scholarship and hey come on a visit we want you wow without so, watching you or anything just taking this without, coach's advice he had the trust of his uh of his assistant i mean it was great for me yeah what <laughs> <laughs> this was on April, May of my senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. So it was, I was about a month away from summer at this point. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Right. I knew I wanted to play Division One because that was the easiest way to, to get into the pros, which yeah. I'm sure the same as you has yeah. been your goal dream since you were yeah. five, six years old. You yeah. know? So it was it was tough even for me to get to a Division One school. Yeah. Like recruiting and yeah. everything. It was tough. 
So event made it. I made it to Drexel, which is where the first time I met you. <laughs> so I mean, George Mason was the only team in my college career that I never lost to. <laughs> oh, fun, fun note there. Little side note for you guys. So yeah, let's actually talk about that as well. So I think your story is very fascinating. You went to Drexel, as you said. You were named to the CAA All Rookie Team. Next year, you were All Team CAA as a midfielder. Junior year, you were second team again, but this time you're a third team academic All American and third team All South American. Then your senior year, you were first team All CAA, had CAA All Tournament honors after leading Drexel to the first NCAA tournament and second consecutive berth in the NCAA tournament. During that was all during your senior year, you were basically destined for stardom. So first off. How did it feel winning those awards during college? I'm sure you got some recognition on campus, parties, et cetera, like that. I mean, not too much, to be honest. In college, I was kind of more more laid-back person. Didn't really go out too much. It was more do the job. Right. I was, my, my freshman year, maybe I went out a little more than I should have. <laughs> of course, of course. But freshman year in college, you know, it, it happens, I yeah. guess. So, but that's one thing my head coach, I, I thank him for it to this day. He was like, look, if you want to be a pro, you can't go out and do all this stuff all the time. He's like, every once in a while, fine, you're a kid, have fun, go out with your friends. But he was like, if you really want to make it to the next level, right. one, stop doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to take care of your body, and by doing that, going out all the time, that's, that's not taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. And two, he prepared me for after college by taking the right classes. Because at the time, I was kind of skating by, doing the minimum. He was like, look, you want to get drafted, right? You want to go to MLS? You want to be a pro? You have to finish college early. Mm-hmm. So you have to take extra classes. I wish to somebody that. told me that when I was in school. So, so he told me that freshman year. So fortunately, I was able to be like, okay take more classes so instead of taking the 16 credits whatever i took 20 yep so basically i finished a semester early yeah. which helped me to be able to if i was drafted if i went to a pro yep. team right away i would have been able to that's the best move to make so so if anyone's listening that's a <laughs> i highly recommend taking extra classes it's worth it in the end right yeah, like I said, I wish I, knew, I had someone to actually tutor me and tell me about those things because my last semester ended up being on Richmond. I was still in school, so I'm commuting back and forth from Richmond hour and a half, two hours while I'm a pro as a rookie. Ended up taking yeah. two semesters off just because I was like, you know, I'm trying to focus on my professional job now, blah, blah, blah. blah. But I knew my last year I had a pretty good idea I probably wouldn't be in Richmond anymore. So I commuted yeah. again three to four times a week just to get my degree and finish up. But like you said, if I would have had someone to tell me to take 18, tw- over 20-plus 20 credits sometimes just so I could finish the semester early, yeah. all of that would have been perfect for me. It would have been so worth it, I'll tell you what. So would you say your coach helped you not get ahead of yourself during college, you know, with all that success and things? I would say so. He was a very, like, off-the-field great guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you, he would talk for days. Like, I would sit in his office say probably two words and would be in there for a half hour <laughs> but he would just talk and talk and talk and talk but i learned i learned a lot from him yeah that's good so it even helped. what uh go ahead sorry I mean, it just helped with keeping my my head down i mean i'm a right. pretty humble i would say i'm a humble person in general so the awards and everything 
it was good, but yeah. I didn't think it let it get to me too much. Yeah, and that's key. So even with all that success, right after college, you didn't draw any attention in the MLS, wasn't drafted. You were even cut by Harrisburg City right after college, which is crazy. So what was that effect on you mentally? You know, everyone, like you said, wants to jump up to the MLS, wants to be pro. That's why you went D1 first place to become a professional. But then you're you're having all these accolades or in school, and you're not even getting looked at by any major league team. So how did that affect you mentally? Yeah, dude, it was tough. I'm not going to lie, it was tough being with Philly being a Philly school with having the union right there. Yeah. And my junior year, after we made the NCAA tournament for the first time in 40 years, like I had myself and one other kid, we trained with them for a couple weeks after. So like, okay, like with Curtin, with Jim Curtin. Ah, yeah. So he wasn't the head coach yet, but I think it kind of stemmed, which is why he might have wanted me years down the road. But I was like, okay, I'm training with them. I'm doing well. I have all these awards, the team, Drexel, which hasn't been good for 40 years. We're making the tournament, we're yep. doing all this stuff, and yet getting no nibbles, no nothing. Right. But like like I said before, with college and everything, it was coming into college, I didn't really get anything. Mm-hmm. So coming out of college, it wasn't anything new for, for me. I mean, the only difference this time was I played PDL. Mm-hmm with Ocean City and with Michigan. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Michigan was after. I'll get into that in a little bit. But my junior year, my junior year going into my senior year, I played with Ocean City, mm-hmm. the PDL team. We had a, a great run. We made it all the way to the national semifinals, lost wow. to the eventual winners, the Aztecs, mm-hmm. Austin Aztecs down there. Yeah. And the head coach of Austin was, I believe... He went to Real Salt Lake the following year. Mm-hmm. So he knew me. He knew the Ocean City coaches. And he even told them after my senior year that, hey, we're going to draft this kid. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the Ocean City guys, they told me directly, hey, we spoke with Real Salt Lake. They're going to draft you. What? So, so my hopes, I was like, okay, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Like guys come over and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a party, it'll be all this stuff. Right. And then it came and went. I guess there's there's a two day thing. So first and second round right. I wasn't quite expecting to go then. But the supplemental, the third and fourth round, mm-hmm. I was like, Hey guys, Real Salt Lake, they told me they're gonna draft me. Were you following along? <laughs> like you said you had a party, right? I was right on it was on the computer, it wasn't on the yeah. computer. So I was like, Okay guys, Real Salt Lake, this is coming up next. Be ready. And they pick someone else. And then it goes, okay, Real Salt Lake. They had three picks, Real Salt Lake did. Mm-hmm. Three picks. Guys, they're up. Oh, shoot. Another one. And then the last one. So you're yeah. at a party was- with all your people and peers oh. and friends. How, how did that? I know that crushed you a little bit. Like you said, you're mentally tough and, you know, your determination got you to where you are. But... You're having a party and you're expecting these guys are telling you you're about to get drafted. Yeah. I would have been yeah. devastated. Dude, that was that was tough. I mean, they knew it. They, my friends were good. They consoled me. They yeah. Were. Another thing, I think Chivas as well, because Chivas was still in the league at the time. Yeah, they were. The head coach was telling me Chivas is very interested. They could potentially draft you as well. So I basically had two teams that I was like, okay, you could take me or you could take me. Mm-hmm whole thing went by nothing man oh that was tough 
That was tough. So then I read that you even refed that year, that you didn't get drafted. You um, weren't, like I said, Harrisburg cut you. You were back home. You even refed some soccer games. You are staying at home, still being optimistic. How did you have that mental discipline, the mental toughness to, you know, grind it out? Obviously, you were saving money, which is perfect, having free meals and staying with the family, making some sort of income. But to have the discipline and be optimistic throughout the whole year, knowing that another opportunity would come, like how how were you able to stay optimistic through all that? It was it was not easy. But like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, is if you believe in yourself yeah. and you know you're good enough, just keep on going and eventually eventually your break will come yeah so before I got my pro contract I went through at least four at least four different USL clubs before I eventually signed with Harrisburg oh you were trying out with them yeah so I guess I'll kind of go into it a little bit here yeah. after my senior year didn't get drafted so I was like okay USL I just need to get into the system. So I went down to the USL Combine. I forgot on, about the Combines. Yeah. There's a USL Combine. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'll go for it. Went down there. I played, we played four games, I think. I played all but five minutes, which as a 22-year-old, <laughs> four games in two or three days. Is yeah. Just, and pretty much every every guy on the team played about three of the games. The coach was like, okay, you are our best player. You need to play every minute, mm-hmm. basically. So I played every minute. My team was undefeated. I think I scored, I think I only scored once, but I scored a goal. And I was like, okay, the USL team has to give me something. Like, give me a chance, an opportunity, a trial. Right. Nothing. The only, the only thing I got from that USL Combine which I actually had to pay, I think, yep. 300 bucks or yep. something. Just to go and you had to pay for your hotel, your transportation to get down there, all of that. A nightmare. So, okay. I was like, okay, I'll, it's a business expense. Yeah. I'll go down there, yeah. I'll spend the money, but it'll, I'll yeah. get that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. The only team that contacted me was Michigan Bucks. PPL. PDL. <laughs> so, so, I was like, okay, uh, what am I going to do now? PDL season didn't start till I think, May, mm-hmm. June, whatnot. So I finished school early. So I was basically just sitting at school, working out, right. training, doing nothing. And then finally, PDL season comes around. I go to Michigan because that's mm-hmm. basically the only thing I could do. Mm-hmm. They had promised me that they were going to be a USL team in two years. So I was like, okay, at the very late, I'll go to Michigan, have a good year. They'll have a USL team the following year. They'll mm-hmm. sign. I'll be good. So I go to Michigan, have a great year. We end up winning the whole thing. We win the national championship. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was a great year. Fun summer. Right. Met a lot of good kids. Would you stay in free housing? Yeah. They yeah. provide, like, some kind of coaching so you guys can make some revenue a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. It wasn't too much of that yeah i I did like one or two camps here there but they had housing so stay there give us a little stipend for food whatnot Mm -hmm. but it was that won a national championship the coaches there were like dude how are you not a pro i was like dude i know tell me about it (laughs) so like after 
after the season ended, I went to Harrisburg. Yeah, so why did uh, you go to Harrisburg out of all teams? They just cut you the year before. And why did you decide kind of to go back to Harrisburg? It was, did you have it any was, other options? or? There wasn't really too many options. Yeah. They were, Harrisburg always had a friendly with the Philadelphia Union every year. Right. They were affiliated. So... I don't know. I can't remember if it was the Ocean City guys or the uh, Michigan Bucks guys that set it up, but they knew that Harrisburg needed players for this game. Mm. So I went. I had a two-week trial with them again. Yeah. And I did well. I was like, okay, I'm I'm good. We didn't. And then I played against Philly, the Mm -hmm. Union. Did well. We lost. I think three-one, but I played well. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, they were like, okay, thank you. Thanks for coming. But if you're still around by preseason next year, maybe we'll bring... What? <laughs> what? Tell you what. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But then they ended yeah. up contacting you back and saying that they wanted to sign you and things like that? Uh, kind of. Did so you have any... That, uh-huh. After that, I went to St. Louis uh-huh. for a trial there. It was about a week. Did well. Everything. I was good. Actually, wasn't good friends with the coach, but I, after the week, I was because mm-hmm. he liked me. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Look, you're a good player, but you need more development." He tried to send me over to Finland or somewhere first, which is, I was like, "I can't do that." Yeah. You want to kill my career before it even starts? <laughs> like I know, I'm sure you know two or three guys from college or whatnot that went over to. A, a low division Europe somewhere. That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Making nothing and then come back and try to go. Nothing. And it, it just doesn't work. Right. So I had heard those stories. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And with the international yeah. spots and all those things like that over there, it's tough for us Americans. Yeah. So I was like, okay, thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. He was like, hey, you'll come back for a trial in January, like a select one. But I was like, oh, I got to pay for that? No thanks. <laughs> All this uh, money out of your pocket, and you're just coming out of college, not even a pro yet. Like, people just expect us to fly around the country for these open trials and these yeah. opportunities. Like, we have yeah. a big budget. <laughs> yeah, so I went to Harrisburg first. They went to St. Louis. Nothing there. And then I went to Austin, the um, Aztecs. They had a USL team for, I think it was only that one year. Yeah, the year. That's what I thought. But they went down with uh, Dalgleish, I think it was. And it was the same sort of thing. Had a great trial. Did well. They were like, I got that blanket email that everyone, that everyone got. And the trial was great. We had lots of talent here. But unfortunately, you just don't fit our system. And that was, you were there yeah. for a week. Were you playing defensive mid at the time? I was playing anywhere. Anywhere. Were. Center Man. back, defensive mid. You, If you need me, I can play. Right. All right. They didn't want me, so... (laughs) Wow. Did you have an agent at the time? At the time, I didn't. Yeah. Which, I don't know if it was a factor or not, but then again, I had no pro experience. I was just coming out of college. It's You just need that one person to give you and then you're in. Seriously. So, I know a lot of kids that if they're told no once, they're done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, okay, I'm... I'm done. Yeah. So this was like my fourth time 
being called out. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> after the previous know. year, you got you just got cut again and didn't even you're playing yeah. PDL right after college. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't know what to do at this point. It was late in the se- late in the year, November, December. There was nothing going on. Uh, it was uh, Arizona actually. I had a trial with Arizona as well. Right after yeah. Austin. It was. This was, I think, later in the year, around January. Okay. So I had a trial with them. The goalie coach for them actually got me the trial. He was the coach at Drexel, the goalie coach. Oh, okay. So it was, I was like, okay, I have a good chance here. I was there for a few days. Like, the coach knows me. He's right. going to kind of give me the fast track. And then it was same sort of deal. After the first week, they said, Ken, thank you, but no. Yeah. So, th- yeah. yeah, it was. There's literally four teams that said no. Right. How? So, so, how has mental toughness in general helped shape your life? Like, you're going through all these trials and, oh my, disappointments and stuff. And you know your goal is you're trying this for a year and a half now, of just getting one contract. How has mental toughness shaped your life, really, in your journey? I'm still here. Oh, okay, cool. Fine. Right. Uh, phone's about to die, so. Oh, I got you. I got you. No worries. Plug it in here. You didn't lose me. All right, yeah, but mental toughness, dude. I'll tell you what. It was. Oh, I'll tell you what. Colorado, because I was living in Colorado. The Switchbacks. Switchbacks had a team as well. That's right. That, year, that first year. So. They, I contacted them. They wouldn't even give me a trial. They wouldn't even let me show up and train with them. And you're the hometown guy. What? <laughs> they wouldn't even let me train with them. So five teams. Five Four teams. Practice. The fifth one didn't even let me train with them. <laughs> so yeah, what were you saying about mental toughness? Yeah, it's just so key. Yeah. With, every, with everything. Yeah. And it proved even with. We'll get into it later, but with Philly, the yeah. union, I needed it. I needed it too. Yeah. With the bands and everything that happened there. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have mental toughness, you're never you're never gonna be a pro. Mm-hmm. I agree. Whether you get told one time no, whether you get told five times no, whether someone doesn't believe in you, you you have to believe in yourself. That's what it comes down to. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're a soccer player, if you're a teacher, anything. Yeah. If you don't believe in what you do. There's no point in doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I knew I knew from the beginning. I knew since I was five years old that I was going to be a pro. Yeah. So when people kept telling me no, I was like, okay, well, watch me. Right. Right. Get back. Get back to me in a couple of years, and yeah. then gave you more fuel to do this even more. Exactly. Like yeah. all those blanket emails. Mm-hmm. I still have them saved on my phone. <laughs> yeah, motivation. <laughs> I still have them. Just thank you, but no thank you. I agree with that. Me too. Oh. Me too. I make a little mental notes and jot down some notes on my phone and stuff too. I remember those things. Yeah. All right. Use that as motivation. So how did you end up in Harrisburg after being cut or not even getting opportunities from five different teams that year? Uh, it was just luck of the draw. The Ocean City coaches, I guess they kind of had an in. Mm-hmm. And they contacted Bill Betcher, who was the, the coach at the time. Mm-hmm. They were like, look, 
there's this kid, Ken Trimmett. He's been here. He's been at two of your tryouts already. Like, what do you think of him? And they're like, yeah, we liked him from last year. We'll we'll give him another shot. So this was March 1st. So basically all the USL clubs at this point, except for Harrisburg, are, are yeah. filled. Yeah. You know, if you think about the how the professional system yep. works, teams are built in January, yeah. in December. Like, they have the core already done yeah. by the time the year ends. Harrisburg is a little different because the club is on the lower spectrum, mm-hmm. I would say, at the time. Mm-hmm. Even probably now, mm-hmm. still the lower yeah. spectrum. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but they hadn't really built their full team yet. So I was at home, like, working out, refereeing, like you said earlier, <laughs> like, making some money. Literally refing at home, staying fit, got the call from the Ocean City guys, said, hey, can you go to Harrisburg again? And I was just like, okay, this has, this has to be it. It like, has to be. This has to be it. So before I left, I went, I had a, a celebratory dinner with my parents. <laughs> before I left, before anything, I was like, okay, I'm going to sign a contract before I see you guys again. Yeah. So go out and celebrate right now. Yeah. And so I went, went to trial with them. It was, I'll tell you what, this was kind of nuts. We stayed in a motel. I stayed at a motel for about a month. What? Yeah. It was this little dinky little room. The deal was you spend a hundred bucks, you could, and that's it. That's as much as you pay. So uh-huh. if you get cut day two, you spend a hundred bucks and you go home. For nothing. They had, like, Harrisburg had like a deal or something. They had some kind of deal. That's crazy. So I was ended up in that little motel room. I didn't have a car at this point. I was in a motel room, I want to say three weeks. I think I was there three weeks. I had about four or five different roommates at the time. All trialists. All trialists. One of them is actually the current goalie for my team now. <laughs> That's funny how that works. Weird. One of them is Dante Levrock. He actually ah. made with me. Yeah. He one of my best friends playing that year. Still, I talk to him almost every day. Yeah. He's over in Estonia now, just killing it. Good for him. So, but, I mean, some guys, like, there's a kid I played with in Colorado that was just, he wasn't great, but the same, like, mentality as me. Just mm-hmm. worked hard, kept his head down. He didn't make it. But, like, I thought, I literally thought I was going to get cut because the center back that I was going against, mm-hmm. he knew Spanish, and there were, like, spanish-speaking guys on the team yeah that he needed him to translate so i was like well if i get cut because i don't know spanish <laughs> i I'm know oh uh, so that all the, in those three weeks when you're in the motel you weren't signed at all i was not signed with, uh, no and with harrisburg there was no they didn't give you clothes they didn't wash your laundry they didn't give you food wow. there was no like if i didn't have a ride right the guys didn't have a ride like i would have to call someone or whatever and that's to get new training that's Man. what a lot of people don't understand in general too like we're on trial for a month i mean even before this that month you were there you're on trial for almost three months starting back in january all yeah. this is coming out of your pockets meals every day i'm sure you bought groceries too but you still have to re-up and constantly buy these foods and you know make sure you're putting yeah. the right nutrients in your body and stuff but 
This is the second division too. We're not even in the MLS trying out yeah. for other MLS teams with the actual salary. Like, oh it's un- man, it's unbelievable. And it was in a motel. It wasn't like I was in a hotel. Yeah, a maybe you get breakfast. Yeah, something like I had a, a mini fridge, which I got milk and I got like just giant bags of cereal. Mm-hmm. And then literally, I had no money, so what? Yeah, they didn't give me food. I would have to get like a Chinese food or yeah. A local pizza or pasta or something. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even boil spaghetti or anything. I had to go out and buy buy everything. Man, was, that's crazy. It was brutal. I didn't have a car. I couldn't go to a gym yeah. or do anything. So I would go to, to training. I would come back. And it's in Harrisburg in March. So it's snowy. It's cold. Mm-hmm. You can't walk around. I'm stuck in a motel room for, for three weeks. Wow. Wow. Stuck. So, after those three weeks, kind of towards the end of the month, they had a meeting with you, and they're like, "We're gonna sign you over that Spanish guy," or do they keep both of you? No, they. It's me over him. Okay, I got you. So he was cut. He was actually cut. I think week two. Uh, And then at that point, they brought in. I think there's a kid, Will Smith. You might have known from William and Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He was a decent player. Yeah. I mean, it was all CAA, so I was like, okay. Now it's me or him. Right. And eventually, there's a Notre Dame guy that came. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Notre Dame? They're going to go with him just because he's a Notre the Dame. The name, yep. Oh, but fortunately, it all it all worked out, and I got the the big money contract at Harrisburg. <laughs> so what was it like transitioning from the PDL to now actually getting paid to do what you love? Well, yeah. obviously it wasn't that big of a contract in the second division, but to still actually get a salary now and instead of working summer camps and trying to find an extra income, how yeah. was that transition for you? Dude, that was, when I finally signed, it was one of the best, one of the best feelings ever, I'll yeah. tell you what. After being told no so many times, I didn't care how much they were paying me, they could have paid me yeah. a dollar. Same way like, here. Okay, you're on the team, you're good. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was so happy. It just—it was literally a dream. Like I'm sure your first contract. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I'm a pro. Like it's everything I always wanted. What was it that? Uh huh. That I expected at all, but I made it. You know. And That's like you I said did. earlier, we know plenty of people that maybe they get cut once, max twice. They're done. They're giving up on yeah. their dreams. And like you said, self-discipline, mental toughness is the most important thing to become a professional and to do this grind what was that first year like for you in harrisburg first dude first year was awesome yeah i loved first year in harrisburg because it was it was right away first professional team i was like okay i'll hopefully i'll get some minutes hopefully i'll play hopefully i'll be able to do this i stepped in right away and was the starter for the team that's what i remember wow I was like, okay, I do all this. I work all, super hard. I go, and now I'm the starter of the team. Right. And now there's an affiliate with the union. So now the union are dropping players down that are potentially going to take my spot. Yep. So Bill, the head coach, goes, can anyone play right back? We don't have a right back. Can your position's taken from uh, <laughs> Richie Marquez. I'm yeah. Sure <laughs> That's Richie. funny. Wow. Richie's coming. He's taking your spot. Wow. Can you play right back? I was like, uh, sure. I can play. You want me to play on the field? I'll yeah, do it. Yeah. 
So I actually I enjoyed right back a lot. Yeah. I was able to get up the field more, do this, and I mm-hmm. started there probably the next seven or eight games. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was I was dynamic for them. I played I played all four spots on the back line. Wow. Throughout the year. And Left back two? Left back two, yeah. So the coach obviously trusted you a lot and had a lot of confidence in you, even though yeah. they cut you twice, but you played every single minute that year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so and you were also rookie of the year finalist that year, right? Yeah. Yep. How did that help your confidence? Dude, it was it was just a reassurance, I would say, is the is the yeah. best work. Yeah. Because I knew. Yeah. I knew yeah. all along. Like, yeah. I was telling guys for years, like this I'm a pro, I belong here. Yeah. Like I would tell people USL is not the highest quality, especially now I think it's a little better. Right. With NSL pulling all in, but back then it wasn't the highest quality of Right. So I would tell people, it's the hardest league to get into, but once you're in, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's how I felt, you know? Yeah. Like, playing against these guys, are like, this. these guys aren't very good. Like, I played in college. Better players. Some guys are better, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it was weird. I was like, you guys made it, but these guys didn't. I haven't made it for so long, but mm-hmm. I'm way better, way better than all of you. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was just, it reassured me that I was, okay, this is, I belong, you yeah. know, and I was like, I even, I belong higher because this was, I'm better than these kids. Right. So it was, like you said, I played every minute. I played all along the back line. I had a, a brief stint as the six. <laughs> it was like half game, half of the game just because an injury or something. But, mm. but the coach, I mean, he, he told me, he still tells me to this day that he made a mistake. He was like, look, if we would have taken you instead of, released you we probably would have won the championship because they lost in the final that <laughs> and year. that's funny because they beat us in the semifinals in richmond yeah. that was my rookie year and that was richie marquez starting for that back line me and richie talk about yeah. that all the time yeah so and that's what the coach says he's like look if he if we would have signed you that first year maybe we would have won the whole thing yeah so he recognized it like once i was on the team for about a month he was like well okay you are a very good player i don't know what we were thinking before yeah you know so he knew i was good it just took him a while to to trust me to believe in me which right. with my style of play i'm not the like i said before i'm not strong i'm not fast i'm not flashy mm-hmm. but i would say my biggest attribute is i'm simple and mm-hmm. i'm consistent you know what you'll get every single time oh yeah so if you see consistently consistency for a month mm-hmm of a good solid player you're you're gonna be happy right so it, it took takes time for coaches and teams to see what i can give to them mm-hmm. so so you then get an opportunity to train with the union right after that season how did that come about it was right yeah. after that season right that that went yeah yeah exactly so that was the last year of harrisburg and the union mm-hmm. their partnership mm-hmm so at the end of the year, I was like rookie of the year finalist. The union coaches were looking at me a couple times throughout the year. I went in, I think, two or three training sessions even during the USL season. Got you. So after the season concluded, we, myself and one other guy, we trained with the union for the final month of their season. So I was actually co- coaching a team in Harrisburg, so I had to commute back and forth every day, which sucked. It's about close to a two-hour drive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Close to a two-hour drive. 
but at the same time, I was like, okay, this is a business ex- business expense. Mm-hmm. I'll go down. I'll prove to them I belong. A month is the perfect amount of time for me. Like I can go show my consistency, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll love me. Like I had, I could have gone a week with Union, a week with Red Bull, a week with Chicago, and a week with NYCFC. Oh, really? Yeah, I could have done that. But with the way I play, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have worked. I you think. just knew personally that, you know, wouldn't have worked with all those NYCFC, Chicago, and all those other teams. You just had a hunch that Philly would kind of be the best fit for you. Yeah, I mean, I had a. Philly's the one that was looking at me all year, basically. Right. I had them a couple times, and like I said before, it takes teams and coaches a while to see. Mm-hmm the true side of me so if I go for a week Chicago might be like yeah he's okay but there's a hundred other like same with Red Bull NYC mm-hmm. but if I stick with a team for a month mm-hmm. they're like okay he's he's real he's yeah. a good player so I was like okay I'll throw my all my eggs in one basket mm-hmm. Philly was sim- it was close to Harrisburg I still have a bunch of friends in college mm-hmm. from Philly that my is sister true. lives my sister lives two hours away from Philly I was like this is this would be the perfect fit. Yeah. So I just threw threw all my eggs in that basket, and it ended up working out. Working out. So you go from the PDL, USL one year, and now you're training with Badoya, CJ Sapong, Chris Pontius. How was that experience? I'm sure it was a little, a bit of an eye opener that first time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a transition for sure. Because I wasn't originally signed to the union's first team. Yeah. I was. With, I was a steel player, yep. basically. Yeah. So, second team. I think it was kind of a play by them just to be like, okay, you're a steel, and now we push you to the of union. Of course. I think it was a marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. I think I think they wanted me for the first team all along, but, I mean, you never know. Yeah. They'll sign me to the second team and be like, okay, you're not as good as we wanted. We'll keep you here. Yeah. But that year I knew I was going to preseason with the first team. They told you beforehand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had signed the contract with the Steel. Yeah. And they said, okay, you're going to go to the preseason with, with the first team. And this was around November, December. Yeah. So I was working my tail off that offseason. <laughs> I was, that was the fittest I've been my whole life. <laughs> I swear. To be ready, to be prepared for that. Oh, yeah. That preseason. And I, dude, I came in fit, ready, sharp. I was fantastic. And I like looking back at some of the articles, like Jim was saying, I was the best center back the team had. I read that too. Yeah. And it was Richie had been on the team for a number of years. They had just signed this Brazilian Anderson yep. and Chow for three hundred thousand. And here I am, this this guy, <laughs> USL, not even a pro two years ago. Yeah. Also and their second draft pick, third draft pick, they picked as a center back. And I Josh Yarrow. You know, oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. That was, so I take, had all them competing against, and he was saying I was the best of the lot. So wow. Was, that was good to hear. Take us through that preseason. So did you start majority of the games that preseason? Uh, not initially. Uh-huh. It took me, like I, like I said before, it takes teams a while to, to see what I am. Mm-hmm. So initially I was training with, the, like, the third team with most of the steel guys that were in. Right. And then 
most of them got cut or sent back to the steel. And then I was the second team. And then I think Richie or Anderson might have got hurt one game. Mm -hmm. So I stepped in and played, like, fantastic. Cleared one off the line, stopped everything, Mm. won my headers. And then that was within, like, three weeks, two weeks into the preseason, three weeks before week one Mm -hmm. against Chicago Fire. And I just killed it. And ever since then, I stepped in and was the guy. Wow. So all all it takes is one one injury on something and you take your opportunity and you run with it so you end up making 22 appearances that year and you started 19 of those games how was it how was that first year for you in the mls i mean you're playing against the major league guys now talk to us for that experience dude it was it was amazing that first game i always remember against fc dallas Uh before the whistle kicked off i just looked around and it was a surreal experience like this is I played pro last year, but this is what I always dreamed yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, I'll always remember that moment, just looking around. Mm-hmm. And we ended up losing 2-0, but I played well. The team was in it until the end. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I was so happy. And I started started really well that year. Started the first eight games doing extremely well. And then, unfortunately, picked up an injury mm-hmm. through... Uh, it always gets me mad to this day. We played a scrimmage against Maryland. And then we just this young kid trying to to make an impact or yeah. something comes in for a, a late tackle and does my ankle. Mm. So How long so were you out for? I was out for a month. Mm. Month with a it was a bad ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, and whatnot. So it was my position. I was doing well, killing it, ready to go. And then this kid basically comes and takes me out. I know. So that, I mean, it was frustrating. But at the same time, I had made my impact on the team. So when I was ready to come back in, I stepped in and was playing, playing right again. Oh, okay. Right after that month? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then my, when I came back, I had an assist and a goal. (laughs) My first game back. So like, okay, I'm back, guys. Yeah, locked in. (laughs) Let's do it. What was yeah. the biggest and most exciting game for you that year? I mean, but not not including the playoffs, just the regular season in general. What was the most exciting and biggest game for you? I think it was early in the season. It was yeah. the second game played Columbus at Columbus, and we beat them. We beat them two one. My first MLS win on the road, yeah. big environment against Kai Kamara, who's this monster of a guy. Yeah, and like we shut them down the whole game wow and it was like okay it was immediate like success so like okay i belong i know i can do it right like i knew before that i could do it in my head but just to get the results and everything to right. prove to myself and to everyone else that yeah, you belong and you can do it mm-hmm. it was that was good and that's it just awesome. kind of through through the year yeah that's awesome so you also started the first round of the playoffs against toronto fc Talk to us about that atmosphere. You're playing in Toronto, right? Yeah, I was in Toronto. I get a playoff game. I mean, they had Juvinko, Altidore, Bradley. They got all their guys. Yeah. Big-time environment. And the thing that most people don't know about that game is I had just gotten my toenail removed a week prior. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, bro. I know that was uncomfortable. Oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't pass the ball. I couldn't... 
run, but the adrenaline, I just took some ibuprofen and was like, yeah, I don't Good care. Good to go. Game, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. You're I'm not going. missing that game. No. Just tape the toe up and go. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that environment was, it was amazing. I, Playoff game. I'll never, I'll never forget that. We ended up losing. I didn't have a great game. I made a mistake that kind of, we were down 2-1. Mm-hmm. 87th or 88th minute I made a mistake led to a goal mm-hmm. we lose 3-1 but just to be able to be in that right. environment play the MLS playoff game was I can't wait to be back there in your first year too bro what I can't wait to be back oh yeah you're gonna be back who's the toughest forward you played with in the MLS that year it has uh, it was probably two Givinko unbelievable He's, Why? he's he's small. He's about five six, yeah. five seven. Like you can't see him, mm-hmm. and he drifts off. Sorry about that. Got disconnected. Good to go. Yeah, yeah we're here. What were you saying? I was talking about Giovinco. Is that where we left? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. He's small. He drifts off your shoulder. He makes these runs that I've never seen before. And then he finishes. If he gets in behind, it's a goal. So it's it's just a different level from him. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, like, the different type of players, like Kamara, who's just a beast. Mm -hmm. He can jump 20 feet in the air and can run run past you in a second. Wow. So he, and then you're playing against David Villa too. Oh yeah! Wow, <laughs> can't like forget him. about him. Legend. He had, he had a volley off the crossbar from like 40 yards against us. I was just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is this is the pros. This is what, yeah. what I signed up for. Yeah. Uh, Man, just, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great to be able to play against these types of players. Right. And then you watch like the national team games. You're like, okay. I played against him, I played against him, I played against him. It's just, it's kind of cool to say. Yeah. So we all know this game is a business and us players are the assets of this of these companies and sometimes certain business, certain business decisions can affect us both positively and negatively. So going into your second year, I'm sure you're being optimistic, thinking you're going to have another awesome, great standout year. Then they go and, you know, draft a couple guys. So talk to us about your mindset and what you were thinking of and your thoughts going into that second year. I mean, going into the second year, after what I had done my first year, I was I was confident. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm the guy. Myself and Richie, we're, we kind of stood out above everyone else. We're ready to go, yeah. ready to make another push because we returned most of the guys. Yeah. Minus one or two. So we were ready to go. I was, I didn't quite prepare as much as I did the previous year for preseason, just because I was established. Mm-hmm. I mean, not an excuse. Looking back, I should have worked. Well, I know way exactly what you mean. But I figured, okay, I have a name for myself. I'll be able to kind of work myself into it. Right. And unfortunately, got picked up a ankle injury. I think I rolled my ankle early on the camp. And then another gave other guys an opportunity, mm-hmm. kind of like what I had the year before. Mm-hmm. But even still, I worked myself back into it and was the third string, basically, going into week one mm-hmm. behind Aguchi Anyebo, who's, uh, I mean, everyone knows him. Oh, he's, yeah. 
been with the U.S. He's been in Europe, top level. So I was like, okay, I'll learn from him. And when he gets hurt or does something, then I'll be ready to go. Mm -hmm. And it just, then I did uh, my calf. I had a calf injury. Mm. And then, so then eventually Gucci went down and then this Jack Elliott stepped up. Yeah. He, nothing against him. He's a, he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. So when he took, when he got his opportunity, he took it and yeah, he flew. With it. He started, I think, every game that year wow. after that. So similar to me, just the yep. year after. Yep. So, and then at that point, I was the fourth center back. So they were like, okay, we'll try him as a six. Mm-hmm. So I went and played as a six in training. Did well. Like, I love, I love playing the six. That's my natural position. That's right. what I've done most of my life and then that's when I ended up going with the steel playing with the steel the majority of that year with you mm-hmm. and as you said before you were in like 11th place 10th mm-hmm. place something like that we stepped in we had that immediate connection that partnership yeah we just eight in a row I think it yeah. was unbeaten yeah for like six wins two draws something like that and got up to to fourth place oh, so yeah. I mean even that that preseason with the union you were there oh like you yeah. were you were there. We trained together, yep. you and me, as center backs. Yeah, don't forget we it. Killed. We had that partnership. I don't know what scored on us. Nah. It was nothing even came close. Yeah, I'll never so, forget that. That was an awesome experience. Yeah. You'd go down to Clearwater and play in February when everywhere else is cold and mm-hmm. so no, it was good. So we had that connection already, and then to throw me in with this deal, it was just, it was natural. You know, we stepped yeah. in, we played, and killed it. Well, be honest, though. What's it like from an MLS standpoint when you players are, you know, for the Philadelphia Union organization, almost every weekend a lot of MLS guys are coming down and playing with the Steel. So what's that mentality like for you guys, knowing that you're going to have to come down and play with the USL side? It, it all depends on the person, to be honest. Yeah. For me, I saw it as an opportunity to prove to the first team guys that look I am I'm a good six I could play MLS as a six if you let me yeah like look what look what we've done when you inserted me into the steel roster right. oh like we went eight in a row unbeaten right and eventually I got into a game MLS game as a six late it was about 88th minute or whatnot but mm-hmm. I got in so it showed they watched and it eventually worked out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it depends on the person. Like, someone like me, you're going to work hard. And, and you did every game. Take it as a pro. Some guys, they're just like, you know what? I I don't want to be here. It's yeah. I belong with the first team. I don't belong here. Yeah. But those are the guys that end up without a contract year yeah, two. I agree with that. So it's, it's all about how you take it. Yeah, and you were one of the few guys, I mean, we always talk about it with us deal guys, you know, certain players coming down, we knew, like, you know some players that just came down and just didn't care at all. But when we went on that eight-game run and just you coming down in general, we knew you, Adam, certain other guys are just going to work hard and bust their ass for us. And, like, you guys did that, and that's why we balled so hard. And, like, like you said, it makes you look better because you know Ernie Stewart's watching every single game. You know he might throw you into that defensive midfielder role like you're talking about. Like, you're prepared for it. Yeah. When would they let you know? Like later towards the week or the day before? Uh, I mean, it was usually, let's say a game is Saturday. It was usually Friday. 
<laughs> Typically, it would be the day before. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you kind of had an idea. Yeah. Just whether how training's going, if you're in with the first team, the second team, or basically a sub for training. You kind of knew how how they saw you, what was going on for that week. Yeah. So it was, you had an idea, but you never knew for sure. Yeah. Like, let's say there was, I think there was a Wednesday game. I think we had, like, eight first-team guys come down and play. It was against Harrisburg, I yeah. believe. We had, like, Richie played, Keegan played. Uh, I remember Gilly, Wijnaldum played. Yeah. Like, Yarrow played. It was literally a back four. <laughs> guys and then me as the six like it was it was nuts yeah yeah and I could only imagine for like for you guys yeah like it thought, especially if you're a keeper for mm-hmm. the steal like you train all week and then okay sorry just knowing you're not gonna start you know you're not yeah. gonna play it's so yeah. it's gotta be frustrating yeah. but I don't know it is what it is it's, it's a business like you said and we knew kind of you know you're always optimistic training hard just staying ready but we all like you said we knew for the most part who was coming down and who would be starting and who wouldn't be playing vice versa yeah so as we know injuries are also part of the game many are minor but some can be serious in the major leagues especially can cost you your jobs and careers and a lot of guys have families and things so it always definitely going to affect them I remember you having an injury that required surgery last season. So explain to us what happened and how that affected you. Yeah, dude. Injuries, they suck, first yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah. I had uh, my Achilles. I did my Achilles. It was about 50% tear mm-hmm. is what the MRI showed. And that was, I want to say, around August. Mm-hmm. So it was basically right after our eight-game unbeaten streak with the steel. Mm-hmm. So then I went just the Achilles just over time it just ruptured I guess that was in practice or something it was it was just after a game I think yeah it just never really healed properly because normally okay it hurts a little bit but I'll be fine in two days so after two days it was still hurting so I went and talked with the trainers they're like yo go take an MRI Mm -hmm. I did and they were like yo your Achilles is 50% torn (laughs) And I was like, oh, that is just awful news. Man. So then they kind of told me the what treatments and what I can do. Because they could have told me a year if I do the hand, uh, Achilles, if mm-hmm. I just rupture it and then they do it all, fix it brand new, mm-hmm. that's a year. So I was like, uh, no, thank you. Right. And then they had what was called a PRP injection, which they said would be about four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. And they had a 10x, which they said about six to eight weeks. So, okay, with the steal, I'll be back in time for playoffs, like two or three weeks before playoffs. So, right. like, okay, we'll do the PRP, and then I'll be back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. The PRP, basically, they took healthy blood cells from a different part of my body and injected them into the Achilles tendon, mm-hmm. which is supposed to work, but it just didn't really help me much yeah so that was six weeks didn't get better so i was like okay let's do the the 10x which is basically it's not quite a surgery but it's like a procedure Mm -hmm. so i would i don't know how to classify it. it wasn't a surgery but it was they had to 
like give me drugs and all this stuff. It was like I went to a hospital. Gotcha. It was very professionally done. So what they did, they had like a, a vacuum needle that they went in and sucked out all the the scar tissue that was in there. Mm-hmm. And when the doctor like looked at it, he was like, this is way more than I normally take out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I, clearly I needed it. So it was another six to eight weeks. And by this point, the steel season was over. Mm-hmm. Union season is just finishing, just yeah. over. So it was to the point where, okay, now am I going to get a contract again? Or, like, how can I get healthy? Mm-hmm. So they ended up telling me, look, thank you for last year, hmm. playoff year. Like, we've made the playoffs twice in our history, but we're going we're gonna to let you go. So I was like, well, that's, that's great. I'm still injured. Yeah. I'm without a club, without a contract. And now I just have to hope that my name and what I've done in the past is good enough to to get me a contract or a trial or yeah. something. You know, and this is around late October, November. Yeah. It. So then I'm talking with my agent, look, what can we do? Like, throw my name out there. Let's see if we can get any nibbles, something. Yeah. So, I mean, we did, we did from a couple teams, but they said, come in and train. In the MLS but, or this is the USL? Yeah, in the MLS. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we had DC, Minnesota uh, were the, the big two that yeah. I wanted to go to. But they said, look, if you're healthy and can train, then come out and train. And I, I couldn't. Right. You know, I had my, my Achilles. So they were like, okay, we'll, we'll find someone else that's healthy. So MLS basically with the Achilles goes out the door. Right. Just like that. And then USL-wise... I I don't know what it was with the NASL folding and just the influx of players. It was almost impossible for me even to get a trial with the it USL was crazy. club. Crazy. Same same thing here, bro. Yeah. Like that I know so many players that were good that have been in the league that just Yeah. <laughs> out of a job, out of a contract. Yeah. So it's that was nuts. And it this comes January, February, I'm like, okay, I I've been in the MLS two years. Why is no one even given <laughs> anything? Right. right. So I, eventually I get in contact with uh, Ottawa. Mm. So they go, okay, here, here's your contract. Like they wrote me, wrote me up a contract and everything. They said, okay, can you come? Can you come in? So I think it was January 24th, 25th, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if you want me to, I can come up, but I won't be able to train for a couple weeks because my Achilles is almost better, but not quite. And they said, uh, okay. <laughs> Ripped up the contract. Wow. So I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Thanks for that. What? Just because two weeks. If they would have waited two weeks, yeah. they could have. But instead, they're last place in the league yeah. now. And mm-hmm. Everything's for a reason. Everything's dude, I, for a I reason. Don't, shocking all they gotta do is have some patience yeah like two that i'll be able to play for you yeah but and then it was basically between pittsburgh and harrisburg like we could have <laughs> teammates I'll tell you what, <laughs> that's crazy but my agent is good friends with bob i ah, guess wow. they were in contact and then had harrisburg too so it was pittsburgh was like look if you're ready for preseason yeah we'll maybe give you a week 
to kind of rest the Achilles before we come in. Yeah. But I have to see you play before we give you a contract. Yeah. Whereas Harrisburg said, here's your contract. Mm. You can take one week, two weeks, three weeks, get healthy, and we'll go from there. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'll... Harrisburg, thank you. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So it was... It ended up working out, and I was able to play week one because I was able to get the rest and do the rehab that... You needed to do. I needed to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I thank the, the trainers and the coaches here at Harrisburg for allowing me to to do what I needed to do to get healthy. And in the long run, they've got their captain who is leading the team, basically. Yeah. So I it was smart for them and smart for me. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember playing you this preseason and you are warming up before the game started at halftime. You're running around the field, too, because you're Achilles and you had to stay warm. And I was like, damn, man, that injury, I know it was serious. Yeah, dude, it sucked. Like, that was the thing. Like, the fitness, I was fit coming in because I had to do so much yeah. extra for everyone else. Yeah. Like, before, I still do it now. Like, before the game, I have to run for 15 minutes. Wow. At a, a solid pace. Wow. So I have to run 15 minutes and then a whole game. And then wow. halftime, I have, like, a bike, stay stay moving, something. Yeah. So yeah. it's injuries, they Man. they take a toll on you. Of course. Tell you what. So how good does it feel to be back at your old club where it all began? It's, I mean, it's pretty cool. When I left, they, they loved me. They treated me so well. Mm-hmm. So coming back, it's the same thing. Like, they treat me, they treat me really well. Like, coaching staff is good. Trainers are good. The fans, they still remember. Yeah. So it's, it's literally a perfect fit. That's awesome. Yeah. How has your role changed from your rookie season to now? It's, You're obviously I mean, captain, but like in general, how would you say you feel that your role has changed? I mean, honestly, not too much. I felt like my first year, I stepped in right away and was a big voice on the team. Yeah. So now, I mean, my voice is bigger. I yeah. have more experience and all that, captain. There's more that goes into it than most people think, more than I even realized with like executive decisions do we travel this day do we travel that day what do we wear what do we oh okay nice nice stuff so i don't know at other clubs it might not be as as much responsibility but here i i mean i love it i embrace it i enjoy it and i'm a leader a big voice for the team and i'm happy to do it nice that's awesome man how how has the organization changed obviously you guys switched names from harrisburg city to penn fc but how's the organization changed it's, I would say the professionalism is definitely more than what it was, I guess, three years ago now. Yeah. The new ownership group, The Rush, that kind of took over was actually the club that I grew up playing for in Colorado. Oh, wow. So the president of the Colorado Rush is now the GM of this team. So he's known me since I was 11 years old. Wow. Wow. So, kind of funny wow funny how life works it's it comes full circle yeah yeah it does so he trusts me he believes me and he's marketing me like crazy because he he wants me to get back to the next level just as much you know so it's the rush this team they want to develop players to move on to the next level yeah i mean that's kind of what i was looking for when i was coming here i told the coaches Look, I'm going to work my tail off for you this year. I'm going to give you everything I have, but I'm not going to be back next year. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. going back to the MLS. Yeah. I'm going to be at a better, bigger club. And they're yeah. like, good. We don't want you here. That's like, what you need to. Give us everything you have now and, and move on. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome you have the support, too. I mean, there's no better situation where you have the GM and coaching staff and people behind you, marketing you, brought, getting you out there because we can only do so much from our standpoint. And you need, yeah. and especially in this game, people to reach an arm out for you. So that's awesome, bro. I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah thank you. It's It's been a blessing yeah. so far. Definitely been a blessing. Stay healthy, you know, play yeah. well. You'll get your opportunity, so... And believe. That's the that's the biggest thing. Believe, believe you can do it. Believe. So that's the thing. Believe in yourself, you can do it. Talk about that awesome sports center number one free kick. I mean bicycle kick, sorry. Was that a spun uh-huh. were you watching Ronaldo a couple weeks before in the Champions League or how how did that happen for you? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. That was just kind of spur of the moment. I tell you my teammates the week that week of training I had done it twice. Oh wow. And, so it was kind of in the back of my mind a little bit. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Ronaldo's bike was <laughs> fantastic. You know, it was like two weeks before I did it, I believe. It was just late in the game. The ball's behind me. Does not mean if I back up and try to head it, I'm not going to score the yeah, goal? Yeah, no chance. So I said, okay. I've always wanted to score a bike in a game. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, in training, you can, you can do it. But mm-hmm. it's different in a game. Of course. It's behind you, turn around, whip it, and it just happened to to go in. It was it was amazing. Yeah, that was awesome kick. Tied the game. Oh, it was sweet. That was awesome. See you on Sports Center too, bro. That's a kid's dream. Then it, then it, you number one. What? Oh, goodness me! <laughs> Lifetime memories right there. Yeah, I think Gareth Bale tries to do the same thing. I, right. He's a final. Unbelievable. <laughs> so have you thought of some things you're going to do outside of soccer? Like obviously, our career is not going to last forever. So have you been setting yourself up or thinking of some ideas or plans that you plan to do after your career is done? I mean, I just plan on helping the, the next generation. Yeah. I mean, I know so many guys that want to coach to be a coach. So that's that's the next step for me, working on my licenses and all that so right <clears throat> that's the one thing with the rush the ownership that just came in with harrisburg there are clubs all over the world nice. so they said look if you want to go to they have a club in hawaii colorado virginia they said you name it you have a job wow so, that's awesome it, yeah it's pretty cool to have the connections and connections are just, key yeah just be able to help the next generation coach mm-hmm. i can go wherever so it's kind of that's nice. What advice do you have for the next generation, the younger players? Looking, everyone, when you're young, you have the biggest dreams ever. But then, you know, college games different. Reality sets in. Sometimes everybody goes their own separate ways. So, what some advice do you have for the next generation? I mean, I would say it's just what we've harped on. Basically, this whole thing is that belief. Yeah. Just believe in yourself. Whether you're not in the eleven, not in the eighteen, whatever. If you believe in yourself. You can do it. I mean, yeah. it's not going to come. You don't just be like, okay, I believe. Sit there, do nothing, and you'll make it. You have to put in the work. If you're not in the 18 or the 11, believe you can, but you got to put in the work in order to get there. Yeah. So if you believe and you work hard to achieve your dreams, you you can do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a very good example of that. So many people told me, no, you work hard, you believe, you get your chance, and when you get that chance, take it. Make the most of it, yeah. 
that's the biggest thing. So, Ken, I really appreciate you coming on this show. It's been an amazing time. It's one of the best shows I've had so far on my podcast. So I really appreciate all that advice and your experiences. Of course, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. Good luck the rest of the season. Rest up. Hopefully you can get back in the next week or so. I'll definitely be following along. <clears throat> so, yeah. All right. Talk to you soon, footy fans. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button and stay updated with new episodes when they're released. Follow Backyard Footy on social media on all accounts, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and watch live during shows and videos and stay updated with new episodes.